In the name of God, who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Today, our Easter story begins in exile. Our first reading from the Hebrew scriptures comes from the prophet Jeremiah, who is talking to a people in exile. A people who have been carried off and away from their homeland, who watched their temple be destroyed, and who are going to spend 70 years living in captivity. And I know that doesn't sound like good news, like Easter news, like the place where we should start. But the prophet Jeremiah is an interesting character. He has been given hard work to do by God, to be prophet to the people in a time when they had forgotten who God was and who they were supposed to be in relationship with God. They started worshiping idols and false gods. They gave themselves up to unhealthy patterns and to addictions, to selfishness, to greed, to all the things that isolate and hurt us. And Jeremiah spends much of his life trying to call the people back to God, trying to tell them what will happen if they cannot find their way home, if they don't learn again to live within the law, to submit themselves to God's way of justice and mercy, if they don't learn to live together in peace and harmony and to worship God. So what that means is that for the whole book of Jeremiah, there's very rarely good news. He very rarely has anything positive to say at all. But today, today there's good news from Jeremiah. Today to a broken people, a people in exile, a people who have been carried off to live in a land that is not their own, a people who are experiencing oppression and sadness, a people who are waiting for something good to happen, a people who watched their temple be destroyed and their friends and family die. Today, Jeremiah has good news, which in itself is a little bit of a miracle. Even now, when they are surrounded by death and everything appears to be lost, God says to the people through Jeremiah, the day is coming. The day is coming when you will plant and dance and bring out your tambourines to make music and be glad. And you will post sentinels to call into the hill country and to tell everyone the good news that the day has come, the day of renewal, the day to make our way to the temple and worship God together. There is good news in Jeremiah's words today. The day is coming when the people will be whole when God will restore them to their life, to a life that is full and good and even better than before. If they can learn the lessons of exile, if they will try again to follow the law, to live in right relationship with God and with each other, if they will let the law make them kinder people, more merciful people, if they will live in such a way that the whole body of God, the health of the whole people is more important to them, than their own individual needs and desires. The day will come, Jeremiah says, when all will be restored and we will begin again. Because God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. In the gospel, early in the morning on the first day of the week, while it is still dark, Mary goes to the tomb. She probably couldn't sleep the night before anyway. On Friday, Mary watched Jesus die. She watched the light of the world go out. 
she watched the one that she loved leave her. On Saturday, as he laid in the tomb, she couldn't be near him. All she had left was his death. And she waited in darkness, in the emptiness of a world without him. And I think we have to imagine that in the depths of her despair, she must have wondered why he came at all, what any of it was for if he was just going to die. So on the first day of the week, while it's still dark, as early as she can, before the light starts to spill over the horizon, she goes to the tomb. And we can see in the text that she can't wait any longer because she's experiencing an exile of her own. The life that she thought was beginning, the goodness of God that she saw in the face of Jesus, the promise that he was home, that he was the temple of God, that he would lead God's people into a new way and write a new law on their hearts, that promise was now gone. It was all over. His body had been destroyed and his death seemed final. And she is carried off by her grief into a strange land, removed from the hope that she had in God. All she has left is this death and her grief about it. And we can see in the text that she plans to hold on to that. But when she gets to the tomb, she sees that the stone has been removed. And she runs to tell the disciples who run back to see for themselves, but they don't get to see him. No, he appears first to Mary. He comes to her first to end her exile. And admittedly, that takes some doing because her grief is so thick and her pain is so great that even at the tomb, when she converses with angels, she can't see them. They ask her, woman, why are you weeping? And she misses entirely that she's having a conversation with angels. She has one focus, and that's to find his body. But then even when Jesus appears to her, she doesn't recognize him. She thinks he's the gardener, and she begs him, tell me where you've laid him. And it's only when he says her name that she's able to see him. Only then does the grief that insulates her, that sections her off, that keeps her bound, only then does the grief start to crack and fall away. Jesus calling her by name, calling her out of exile, out of despair, out of doubt. And then everything changes. Then all of a sudden she sees that all is not lost, that he is risen, and that with God all things are possible. She can see that the world has changed, and with it her life has changed and everything she knows. She has learned in those last two days about exile. She knows what the world looks like without him, without hope. But now she knows. Now she knows that the day has come, the day for dancing, the day for planting, the day for calling out the good news, because God's everlasting faithful love has raised Jesus from the dead. Then I imagine that she couldn't wait to go and tell the disciples. She couldn't stop telling them that the words just kept falling out of her mouth. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. My friends, this is a very strange Easter for us. It finds us experiencing a sort of exile of our own, a social and a spiritual exile, at least. 
We haven't been carried off to a strange land to be ruled by a foreign king. And while we have found meaningful ways to continue to connect and to be God's people, we are four weeks into a time of distance, a time of despair for many, a time when we are governed by things we cannot control, a time when our life is being sustained by the healthcare workers and first responders who are putting themselves at risk, by the grocery workers and pharmacy workers who are keeping us healthy and fed, by mail and delivery people, and by so many other people who work behind the scenes who we don't normally see that we often took for granted. We are removed from our sanctuary. We are removed from each other, unable to be in our spiritual home, unable to gather and worship, which is especially painful today. And as a nation, even as a people all over the world, we are experiencing something extreme, something unprecedented. We have to stay in, to stay home, to stay away from each other, away from the people we love. And this is how Easter comes to us this year. But my friends, Easter still comes. The tomb still stands empty. The promise of Jesus, of abundant life, of eternal life, this is still the promise of this day, that death never has the last word, that life sustained by love is unconquerable, undefeatable, that love always wins. That the people you love and see no longer have been gathered in with the faithful of every generation, and that there is a feast awaiting you that has been prepared from the foundations of the world, a house with many rooms, and that he will come and take you there himself so that you can be with him forever. The promise that he has raised up the people you love and that, will, and that he will raise you up on the last day as well, no matter what. This is still the promise of this day, that the tomb is empty and that there is no pandemic, no sin, no force of evil, no distance too great, nothing you've ever done or ever can do that will make God stop loving you. Nothing that will stop this overwhelming faithful love from coming for you to save you and to be with you. And still there's more. My friends, even Jeremiah, the prophet who is so often the bringer of bad news, even he has good news for us today. Good news that we hear differently in this moment. To you too, God says, the day is coming. The day is coming when you will go forth and dance. The day is coming when you will plant and enjoy the fruit of your labor. The day of good news is coming when we will shout it out, ready to tell everyone about the good news that, of the things that God has done and that we have been restored together in person. The day is coming when we will go to the temple together because God loves you with an everlasting love, a love that is faithful. And because of that love, that day is both already here on this Easter day and yet is always still coming more fully, which is somehow the mysterious story of God's people, the now but not yet, the promise that there is always more good and more joy to come. So even on this strange Easter day, when we are still grieving and when we cannot yet come together, when we are longing for good news, when we, like Mary, are wondering what to do, 
when we want to make our way in the darkness because it feels like we just can't wait anymore, even now the everlasting love of God is made visible to us in Jesus Christ, who is today risen from the dead, who has defeated death once for all. Do not let your grief or the distance or anything that binds you down today, do not let that be so thick that you miss him that you fail to see him, that you don't hear the good news, that you forget that the promise of eternal life has already been accomplished. Do not let your grief and the strangeness of this time keep you from seeing the angels, from taking in the empty tomb, from hearing and having and knowing the blessings of God. Because like Mary, we are sometimes surrounded so overpowered and distraught that we miss the angels, we miss the signs, we miss the messengers. And like Mary, whose grief is so thick that she cannot recognize the Lord until he calls her by name, he calls you by name into a new Easter life, into resurrection, into hope. When Jesus calls Mary by name, her eyes are opened and nothing is ever the same, not for Mary, not for the disciples, not for the whole world. Something new begins to take shape in that moment for Mary as Jesus calls her out of exile, as Jesus shows her that the light shines in the darkness and that life conquers death and that love never dies. And today, God is longing for something new to take shape in you, even in the midst of this time. And like Mary, that Life that comes after Easter is supposed to be different. When Jesus calls to Mary and she emerges from her grief and from her hopelessness, everything is different for her. And everything should be different for us. Because even today, he lives. May we learn the lessons of exile. May we see more clearly how we are connected, how we are broken, how we have broken creation how we have broken trust, and how we have wounded God's love. And may we be part of the renewal that God already has in store, a renewal of mercy, a renewal of justice, the rebuilding of a world that is safe and fair, the rebuilding of a people that is more interested in the health and well-being of the whole community than in the individual needs and desires of our hearts. May we see clearly what has been changed by this life we say we believe in. May we live again with God's law of love written on our hearts. Jeremiah tells us today that the day is coming. It has always been God's plan to restore you, to renew you, to send angels to comfort you. And if that fails, if we can't hear it, if we can't take it in, then you need only listen for love incarnate to call your name. And in some ways, this has always been the story of God and God's people, a story of love that conquers all, a story of hope that refuses to die, a story of God storing up better plans for us than we could have imagined or designed for ourselves, even when we can't find the light in the darkness. My friends, this is still our Easter day, even if it's not how we would like it to be, so there is still impossibly good news. 
news of light that shines in the darkness that cannot be overcome or extinguished, news of life that conquers death, even death on a cross, news of love that never dies, no matter what forces might come against it, and news that if our Savior lives again, then so will you. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ will all be made alive. May you be alive now in the hope of eternal life, and may this be your hopeful song, the song that changes the world around you, the song that you will call out on the day that we are restored. May you bring others out of exile with the words, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. Amen.